yeah, we did only talk last week, so it's not like I got a lot to fill you up on. Not a lot to catch up on, no. Although the stuff about Batman being poor, uh, like I feel like it's just one of those things where, like I think I said in the text, like for a, a book like Kick Ass, mm-hmm. for that to be like a, a realistic vantage point, because like. Tinian said in the interview where he's just like, in this day and age, like, you know, it'd be, you couldn't possibly do this kind of stuff and get away with it because they'd be able to track the money or they have like, his boardroom would have questions like, hey, what's going on with R&D and all this other stuff? Like he wouldn't be able to hide all the money. And I go, my immediate thought is, yeah, but like, it's, it's Batman. Like that's kind of part and parcel with it. I mean, yeah. how many times do they take money away from Tony Stark for him to get his fortune back, right? Right, exactly. Because, like, I and I feel like this is one of those things where, like, we all joke about Batman's uh, or Bruce Wayne's money, but that's intrinsically a part of the character. You know, it's like you couldn't really do Batman without money because eventually you'd be like, like they joke in one of in issue one oh one, they joke about how like Lucius Fox is like, Well, you know, if your Batmobile breaks down, you'll just have to fix it. And it's like Right, but eventually he's gonna run out of the means to fix it on his own. So then what? Batman's robbing banks. <laughs> right? Or like he's going the Punisher route where he's robbing, you know, criminals of their money, their ill gotten gains. Yeah. Instead of like returning the money, like I feel, and like I said in the text, it's one of those storylines that'll happen. It'll be canon. It'll stay canon until the next writer shows up and goes, Ugh, let's undo this one. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Exactly. Or the next big event, like, uh, what is it? Future state. I feel like they'll run its course until future state. And then when they come back from future state, it'll be a new writer, new status quo. Mm-hmm. You know, Jason Todd will uh, will not be Red Hood. He'll be a new uh, identity. Damien will be back to being Robin. Tim Drake will call himself Red Robin again for a certain amount of time until they kill him off. You know, new status quo. <laughs> new status quo. The perfect circle. Yeah, you know, because like right now, uh, Damien Wayne's a bad guy. Or not a bad guy, but he's not Robin anymore. Tim Drake is back to being called Robin. Why? <laughs> what is DC uh, doing? They change their status quo for the characters like every two years. Well, yeah, but like, um, like Damien was pulling a, a Batman where he had uh, contingency plans on all the Titans. Yeah. And I think he actually even had a prison as well. And he, I think he actually killed some people. And Bruce Wayne was like, you're done. You're no longer Robin. Okay. All right. Fine. And instead of letting Tim Drake like grow up and not be called Drake, which I hated. (laughs) I also hated the costume, but I was like, I could probably, if they tweak the color a bit, I could be okay with it. But then they, they just say, Hey, okay, you can have your rebirth red robin costume back which looks a lot like his first robin costume or yep. second robin costume i should say and then uh then they called him robin again and it looks like they de-aged him a bit too with the the art recently weird 
<laughs> I just don't get it. I really don't get it, but okay. Whatever. I mean, someone will read it, and if they like it, great. If they don't, also great. <laughs> Whatever. You know, I don't like it. Uh, none of it really makes any sense to me. I'm I'm happy that Nightwing's back. Yeah. Uh, I would have liked to not be in the rebirth suit. Because, I don't know, I feel like that original, or not the original, but the blue arrow with the finger stripes. Yeah. And then the way he had compartments, like in his gauntlets and his boots, I was like, like, that's a timeless, classic, iconic suit that you could, really, you don't have to do much to update. But, Mm. because, like, the Rebirth one, it's too stylized. Like, it's just too much, like, blue grips on the hands, blue grips on the bottom of your shoes, and then for some reason, slashes on your leg. What's that future, what's it called? Future what, that new story thing? Future State or whatever. I don't mind that suit. That looks pretty cool. I saw that that new Nightwing costume. It looked yeah, cool. I think it looks pretty sweet. Uh, plus, it, it suits the narrative of the, the storyline. Yeah. But uh, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what's going on. I don't know what's going to happen with Nightwing. Um, just the fact that he's back and he's like, Nightwing? Is is fine for me for now. Mm-hmm. We'll see what happens. We'll see what uh, what they do with them. You see the Justice League news about an hour ago. Yeah, but I only read the title. That's it. I'm not reading anything else. Like a title pops I, up I, and it says Jared Leto's Joker and Justice League. I go, oh, okay, and then I leave it. That's all. I'm I like, read okay, the, fine. I read the title and I was like, oh, well, that's cool. I know he's doing some new shooting and stuff. And everyone was bitching, going, oh, see, his cut wasn't done. But I think his cut was done, and he's shooting new scenes to wrap up the DCEU. Either that or um, the shots that he had, some of the shots he had were rough shots. Yeah. Like, it, like a lot of people uh, are quick to sit there and go, oh, you know, it took 20 years for the Donner cut to happen or whatever. But it, some of those clips, they're literally using, like, test footage and early, like, so it's jarring to see like Christopher Reeves as like Superman. And then in like literally the next scene, he's like right before he starts bulking up, you know, the suits kind of hanging off him. He looks really young too. And you're like, I mean, it's cool that they got the scenes in there. Yeah. And obviously they couldn't refilm them for a number of obvious reasons. Never mind that, you know, he was uh, paraplegic at that point. Yeah. Or quadriplegic? Yeah, he's quadriplegic at that point. But uh, so it's like, uh, you know, so maybe in terms of age too, right? Like some of these guys were not that far removed from the movie, but still, you know, yeah. whatever. Yeah. When it comes out, people will either like it or hate it. And that's, that's literally it. Oh, I'm going to eat that up. I think I'm going to love it. Uh, I'm definitely going to love it because like, I mean, I, I was one of the guys that was saying, like, guys, let's calm down about Batman v Superman. There's a lot to like here, mm-hmm. even though I could acknowledge that it could have been better. Yeah. Right. And then the ultimate cut came out and it was just like. And then you're like, see this? Why? Why didn't I get to pay 20 bucks to see this in the theater? <laughs> I don't um, know. Better. Oh, I forgot to ask you, what are your thoughts on Bruce Wayne no longer having the money to fund Batman? 
I never even th- thought to ask you. I'm sorry. I mean, I don't know. I think it's it's weird. You're definitely taking a part of the character away from him. But you're also doing something that I don't think's really been done before. So it kind yeah, of, I mean, there is that uh, aspect. Kind of opens up a new door of things that you know you may not have been able to take a look at before. I really, really like Tinian as a writer, so I'm going to hope that he has yeah. a solid plan for it. That's kind of the my thought process is like if it, <laughs> this was Tom King, I'd have been like, "Fuck it." don't even (laughs) don't even i'm good i'm good and it's funny because like you were shitting on tom we were shitting on tom king uh yesterday and and i remember distinctly when i first started the batman run and i was stoked because or no detective comics that's right because it was like tom king and david finch and i remember being like oh man this is gonna be so good because i liked tom king on grayson but I always forget that it was him and Tim Seeley and they were both co-writing it. And in interviews, it was stated that it was split pretty much down the middle mm-hmm. that they, this book really couldn't have happened without the two of them together, except for like the last couple of issues. Uh, and then I think Seeley started the Nightwing rebirth. Okay. So I, I, I was around for the Nightwing rebirth, which, eh, you know, it's, yeah. And it's all right. But I think that's a, one of those editorial mandate comic books, right? Yeah. But anyway, getting back to Detective Comics with Tom King, and it was just like like one arc after another. And then once you got to the uh, the War of Jokes and Riddles, art's fantastic. That Mikkel Jannon from Grayson was on it. I was like, yeah, this is so good. But the arc is just like... Does anything happen? Does anything absolutely happen? And the answer is no. So his entire, like, what, 75-issue run? Nothing really substantial happens at all. But it took 75 issues to tell this massive story. Yeah, nothing happened. He even teased the freaking Batman and Catwoman wedding, the whole, like, freaking 40 issues. And then they don't even get married. (laughs) <laughs> or never mind, like they go through the whole thing of having like Bane uh, and Thomas Wayne, Batman, you know, trying to destroy Bruce Wayne and and then nothing happens. <laughs> like none of the lasting ramifications. Like, yeah, I tried the oh. book twice. I tried the book twice and both times I was like, the art is insane. It's so good because he had uh, he had that Mikael Janin, he had Clayman, and then he had uh, uh, what's his name? Oh, yeah, he, uh, he writes and he draws. Tells his name, Tony Daniel. Yeah, that's right, that's right. And Tony Daniel is one of those guys that just keeps getting better. Yeah, I mean, he, yeah, he really does just Ooh. keep getting better. I remember his stuff like in the early 2000s and think it was great then, but now, oh my God, his art's good now. The only uh, stint that I didn't seem to like his art on was uh, New 52 Batman. Or was it Detective Comics New 52? Detective. Yeah, it was Detective, that's right. For some reason, I don't know what it was about his art style at that point, but it's weird. It's just that one little pocket because everything else, I'm like, he's so good. 
Yeah. Even like I look back at some of his older stuff, like on the Grant Morrison run, and I'm just like, like he's so good. He's so good now, though. Wow. Yeah, so good. So, not, so I was just like, wow. You know, like Tom King is so lucky to have this art team because if he didn't have this art team, there'd be no reason for anyone to buy this book. Yeah, I remember uh, after I dropped the book, uh, that's when the complaints started coming out about Tom King and how nothing really ever happens in his books, and I was like. Yeah, actually, that's that's right. Like by himself, nothing really happens. There's no progression, no story, no nothing. And you're like, ugh. And it's weird because he was on that run for so long. Yeah. But like I said, 75 issues and there's no lasting ramification. I understand it's comic books and you can just undo, you know, 10 years worth of stuff by having the guy be a clone. Like I get it. There's ways to rewrite the history, but. I guess part of it is because he was such a big player in DC or still is a big player in DC so much so that for him to actually call out Jay Lee for unsubstantiated rumors and like Jay Lee's like, what the fuck? Like, I know you didn't even like come to me. You just started saying this. And then Tom King was like, Oh, I did this with uh, out really knowing all the facts. Ha my bad. And it's like, that's not a good apology. No. And that also doesn't absolve you because you're wrecking with his livelihood. And that was exactly what Jay Lee said. I was so happy. He wrote this huge letter out going like, yep. I got hired for a job. I did the job. I didn't look at the history of the person I was doing this cover for, see yeah. what kind of person they were, what, what they believe in. I didn't look at that. I, I got hired. I did the job. Yeah. I got hired for your book. I did the job. You went to DC, said I'm with Comicsgate, and you tried to ruin my whole career. Like, fuck you. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And like now I feel like it's one of those where eventually people are gonna start saying things like, Oh, wait, you want me on the book with Tom King? No, I'm good. Yeah. I don't need to be on the book with him. Yeah. <clears throat> and all this horseshit, like he keeps going on how he was a CIA agent and he knows all this and this and that. I thought when you're a CIA agent, you don't go around telling everyone you're a CIA agent. Uh, if you're ex-CIA, you can. It's when you are an actual agent, you don't tell people that, but it also... When you're an ex, you can just go around saying it. Like, so some guy could come and rob this guy for all the information that he knows. Uh, well, yeah, you know. I mean, like, uh, you could say you're special forces, ex-special forces. How are you going to fact check? Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean like I uh, I remember I knew a girl when I was working at Walmart and she pulled one of these where she goes uh, you know because I smoked at the time so we're out on a smoke break and she goes oh my boyfriend is a sharpshooter for the military and I went like immediately in my head I went no he's not <laughs> nope <laughs> he told you that for sure because it uh, it got what he wanted, <laughs> but if he was an active sharpshooter in the military, you wouldn't know. He would say, you know, I, I'm in the military or I do this in the military, but he wouldn't go. Uh, my primary job is to kill people from a distance. <laughs> Special forces sharpshooter. The, the, the phrase was sharpshooter, too. It wasn't like, he's a sharpshooter. I was like, okay, all right. <laughs> Was he an excellence of execution? Well, well, obviously, 
<laughs> Obviously, he is clearly the best there was, or the best there is, the best there was, and the best there ever will be, because why wouldn't he be? And every time he uh, he made a kill, he took his shades off, and yep. he put it on one of the poor immigrant kids <laughs> to console them. The son of the he, guy he just shot in the face. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Hey, man, I killed your dad. <laughs> but here's some cool nice shades. Here. Nice shades. Don't look at the sun too long. <laughs> They're cheap plastic. <laughs> Literally cheap plastic. You'll probably turn green by, by wearing those. But yeah, so I remember when, uh, you know, he would talk about like, oh, I'm, you know, ex-CIA and I have all this expertise and stuff like that. And I remember thinking the same thing. It's like, that's an odd way to start an interview about writing comic books. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You could say you're a, a writer because he wrote like best-selling novels, I think, or something like that. And yeah. okay, great. Like that—that's like your qualification. You're a writer. Okay, <laughs> but I don't—I don't give a fuck if you're ex-CIA, current CIA. Yeah. And, like, am I suddenly supposed to go like, oh, well, then your commentary on Batman is going to be that much more thought-provoking because of your time as a CIA guy? No, no. <laughs> it would be right up there if he said, I have actually, uh, for a couple of years, fought crime in a costume, just like, uh, you know, some of those vigilantes you see on YouTube before they get horribly beaten or killed. So that's my my uh, my take on how to write Batman. I'd be like, that's crazy. You're going to write a terrible Batman book. <laughs> that doesn't mean shit that does not mean you're going to be a good writer at all towards mark millar and kick ass <laughs> yeah but even then like like what was mark millar's qualifications for writing kick ass he's a comic book writer and... he'd been writing it for quite some time and he's a fan and he he wrote the book that he wanted to see yep that's it that's all and if tom king would have said that like oh i just i'm i feel like this is the batman i want to see now, if that was the case, I could go, hey, Tom, uh, why was this the Batman you wanted to see? This was the Batman no one wanted to see. And I could tell you that because the sales of your book continuously dropped. till they forced you off the book. <laughs> yeah. Because it, it wasn't like a, a glorious parting of ways. He was bitter. Yeah, well, I had a story to finish. I had another. And now I have to move it over to Batman and Catwoman. It's like, if it was so good, they would have kept you on. Yeah. It's kept going on, but it was 100 issue run. Yeah. They cut him at 85. Oh, 85. Yeah. And, uh, and that's it. Yeah. <laughs> and, and no one cared. <laughs> there was no petitions to bring Tom King back on the book. Nope. They immediately shifted gears, haven't acknowledged anything from his run. And Tinian is, you know, Tinian's doing it. Yep. His run is, is you know, he's doing good. Like, I'm not going to fault him. And, and like you said, with the Batman losing money, it opens up story opportunities that we've never had before. Mm -hmm. If it was any other writer, I would probably be like, uh, but Tinian is good. He's a good writer. Yeah. Um, so we'll see. We'll see what happens. Yeah, I don't know. I, I wouldn't do it personally. I feel like it's one of those where 
it's not going to last long. Like I said at the beginning, I feel like it's just going to be the next writer shows up or hell, even Tinian might by the end of his run, uh, finish the run by having Batman's uh, money being put back. Like, like Grant Morrison calls it, uh, you put all the toys back in the toy box, right? So you leave it relatively the same as when you started so that the next writer can do his own thing. You don't leave too many jarring changes so that so many changes have to be done. And I like that thought process. Yeah. Whereas Bendis is the totally opposite where he's just like, Oh, I'm going to fuck these toys up and then leave them. (laughs) Yeah. But Bendis is a, is in the same boat as King where he was, I feel like he was 100% forced off the book. Oh yeah. Every, every book that he was doing, he's no longer on. It's, It's like they, in fact, his Drake shit was already undone before the end of that book. Yeah. Yeah, it's it, it's very much like uh, J. Michael Straczynski again when they when he went on Superman and Wonder Woman and they pushed him off. Although, like in retrospect, the stuff with Wonder Woman was really interesting. Mm-hmm. I kind of liked the idea of her like it was kind of like Jason Bourne in the sense where she didn't know who she was so naturally she would look differently and then as the arc progressed she would remember more so I thought that was kind of interesting it was a lot more interesting than the Superman walking across America (laughs) oh that was so bad that was so bad and I like J. Michael Straczynski and I love Superman uh, it also bothered me that we got these wicked John Cassidy covers, like amazing John Cassidy covers. And then we get like, oh, no offense or anything, but Eddie Barrows to do the art. <laughs> I mean, it's not that he's terrible. It's just, it's hard to have John know. Cassidy here, right? Like at least try to get an artist that's close. Close in caliber. There's nothing yeah. worse. There's nothing worse than opening a book and then just seeing art you were not expecting. Remember that, like, Truth Captain America mini that uh, Kyle Baker did? Yes, yes. He did the covers and, like, this this beautiful design. And oh. Then the and it's, like, fucking 90s cartoon style. Like, everyone's, like, rubber. Like <laughs> That's actually kind of like uh, what I've been noticing a lot lately, especially in mainstream comics, is that you get a writer and you get an artist and then that artist is on for like four issues and then yeah gone like actually the nick spencer oddly like that one pissed me off so much because it's like like i was pumped to see oddly's art and then it's sporadic yeah. yeah okay they got bagley for some of the fill-in issues and that's awesome because i'm a i love bagley but at the same time, then they'll get other artists who aren't as good as either of them, which, you know, it's going to be hard, but you can come somewhat close, right? And that's how I felt, too. I, I read that Spidey book for the first time in a long time because I fucking still hate what they did with Spider-Man 10, 11 years ago. Yeah. <laughs> and I read it for the Otley art. And then I'm reading and it's like issue seven and he's not on it on art. He did the cover, but he didn't do the interior. So I'm like, what the fuck? 
Exactly. Exactly. And like, uh, oh, they had like, I think it was Chris Bacalow was the first fill-in artist. And yeah. I've, like he's done Spider-Man before, but I don't know what's happened because this was not his best. Yeah. No, this was no. not good. He peaked a while ago. I think he's going down now a bit. It's getting too, like, too wacky. You can't really tell what's going on half the time. Yeah. And then recently, um, I find, like, Immortal Hulk has been pretty good with Joe Bennett. He's been pretty consistent. You know, like, I understand you got to take a break and have some filler issues from time to time. But, like, or even, like, if, if you're one of those guys that takes a while to do a book, why can't you get him like a couple of months lead in? Yeah. I don't know. You know, never... so that way, like by the time it's, you know, issue six. What? Yeah. I just said, I've never, I hear what you said. I've never understood um, them putting on slow artists on ongoings. You know, or at least without giving him any sort of like lead yeah. in. Like, Hey, you've got four issues ahead. You know, take a couple, like take a week off relax rest right yeah and then get back on it so that by the time issue three comes out you're still a few issues ahead so that way they come in on time like yeah hold these guys a little bit more accountable too you know yeah i mean like a guy like Otley, as he's definitely got like that george prez style where there's a lot of he adds a lot to it even though it looks like cartoony style art Mm -hmm. so i get it it's going to take a while. Give him lead time. Yeah. I just, uh, I, well, I follow him on Twitter and people were asking him about, cause he announced he was leaving amazing at eight fifty, and they had something awesome planned at Marvel right after that. But he was saying he's not young anymore and he can't do a comic every month, like invincible anymore. Like those days are gone. He said like hundred percent gone, which I get. And like, I yeah. feel for you. Um, although I would also offer up like a, like, look at George Perez, though. Yeah. That guy was doing it till his hands fell off. But again, like... like he forced like, himself into retirement. But then again, yeah, he wasn't doing a monthly book at that point either. Yeah, and the guy like Perez, yeah, he does miniseries and stuff, right? Or like a one-shot here and there. Yeah. Like, I don't know. The other point is, like, if you're... I guess, like, okay, so maybe, you know, he was like, oh, I, I shouldn't have done a monthly or whatever. Do three issues ahead. So that you have the time in between. Like, I love how I make it sound so easy, too. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I kind of feel like he's getting paid more at Marvel doing Spider-Man than they did Invincible at Image. Oh, so yeah. I'm sure, sure. I'm sure, like, doing seven or eight issues a year is balancing out to the 12 he did. If not more. If not more, so. Because the other thing, too, is that Otley is a bigger name now because of Invincible. Yeah. So Otley... Uh, before Invincible, if he would have been on Amazing, he wouldn't have been making as much. No. So, so there is that. Like, I mean, and I get it too. Like, I mean, uh, I, I guess it just it, it bothers me because it's jarring. Like, in some of these, it's in the middle of an arc. Yeah. You know, it's not like you've got your six issue arc, and there's like your one or two filler issues that you could get a stand in artist for, right? It's in the middle of an arc, and then you're just like, so that arc for me loses steam because you expect it to look all the same, and then you're like, oh, okay. Yeah, they got oddly white or light over here to finish this up. 
Nope. But yeah. anyway, um, yeah, like I said, mini rant for or long rant about the comic books. Mainstream comics I find are really rough for having fill in artists. Yeah, 100%. Uh, yep. <laughs>